Huzzah Rangers, this is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I am joined by my good friend, Dave McVeigh. We call him Diamond Dave. Dave, how the hell are you? I am, uh, I guess I'm okay, Phil. I guess <laughs> I'm okay. How are you doing? Excellent, man. Maybe really haven't been better in many, many, many months because yeah. our New England Free Jacks are going to chicago baby we've got a chance to win the ship to lift the shield man i'm so excited i'm so proud of this organization and the and the the team and and the, everybody in the staff i'm just so happy for those guys but before we get too far in anything in terms of celebrations or sipping champagne we have to go over what took place for the actual event and prior to the game itself so the festival the tailgate the atmosphere um, what was your take on all of that? What was your experience before the game, Dave? Uh, it's a great experience. Um, we decided, I invited a friend, my buddy Mike came down to the game. So we had a guest with my family. It was actually my anniversary with my wife, Becky. Oh, nice. Yep. And so for our anniversary, I got her an Eastern Conference uh, championship. Perfect. Perfect. Um, no, I think she's watching now. Love you, Becky. Thank you for all your support. Um, it's been a wild ride, uh, but yeah, it was a great day. We went and got lunch before we celebrated nice. our anniversary with some fried food at the Fowler house cafe. Um, okay. had a great time, got to the match plenty early. The kids ran around and did all the, you know, great stuff that there always is to do before a free Jacks game. And we got settled in the haze and the fog were kind of ominous, had a little yeah, bit of like that. a silent hill feel to it. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, the actual game day was uh, was great. Is everything we expect out of a uh, Free Jacks home match? Yeah, totally. I mean, the 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 weather was great, other than the air quality due to the Canadian wildfires on Canada Day of all days. Uh, Caitlin and I were purposely got there a little bit earlier than we normally do. We brought vegan donuts from our favorite spot in Kittery, Maine. A uh, place called Lovebird Donuts. They were a huge hit with all of the Rangers at the tailgate. Bozo Six was there, and also Dan from Merrimack and his brother. They brought a rugby ball, and so there was like a, a circle of uh, people passing the ball around, which was awesome. Um, Bozo bought two beer fest tickets accidentally, so I was uh, able to go with him, which was my first ever experience at the beer fest. Um, and it was great. Like it was, it was great value for money and in, in, in the sense that I didn't have to pay for anything, but also I think Bozo <laughs> paid like 20 bucks for both of them or no, uh, each one, but you get 15 pours and you get a little cool, what is that? Arctic, uh, cooler tumbler as well. They get, they yeah, hand those like out, a, which was like awesome. a can, like a can koozie, you know, yes. except it was a, it's a hard, you know, yes. insulated Arctic. Right. Koozie, it, so. It's like a, a Yeti uh, yeah. type of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, for that price, it was a steal. And the, the beer was really good. I met some of the fans of the show, which was awesome. Um, one guy, <clears throat> which is like the prototype of uh, the success of the Free Jacks, is guy didn't play rugby, didn't know rugby, lives in Quincy or the surrounding areas, heard about the Free Jacks, came to a game and got hooked and started listening to our show, which, you know, made him even more engaged in the Free Jacks. So, like, you know, that is a win 
a million times over for the for EJX organization. Um, you know, we need more of those people for sure. But uh, to set, you know, experience those folks and, and talk to them was really, really great. Um, I was a little nervous about the crowd noise, to be honest with you, but the Rangers really showed up in a big way in Section 5 and surrounding areas because it was a home playoff game. And I'm, I'm really glad that, um, you know, people understand that, like, when you play knockout games, you got to bring it uh, in terms of a crowd noise. And they definitely did. The Free Jacks fans definitely did. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just more than the usual suspects involved in the chance, which was great. Um, but yeah, really, really enjoyed it. That is nine wins at home, undefeated at Fort Quincy. It truly is. Veterans Memorial Stadium truly is a fortress. We don't just say that as like some sort of marketing thing. It really, really, truly is a fortress. And, and the Free Jacks proved that this year with going undefeated at home, which I predicted that they would do. But that was just like wishful thinking, right? Because we want to <laughs> have that type of intimidating right. atmosphere. We want people coming in there to not want to play us at home. And that's exactly what it turned out to be. My voice is still a little hoarse. I'm sure you can hear it here. Yeah, um, it was it was a noisy day, and I think the I think the smoke got everybody a little extra hoarse. Yes, a little a little faster. So, so uh, uh, just to clarify, it wasn't 15 beers because otherwise I wouldn't be talking to you right now. It was just pours <laughs> and like you know you know a cup like this. Beer. Yeah. So and I I only drank like maybe six or seven pours. So. Yeah, I'm a lightweight man. I can't I can't hang like that. Yeah. I will note that apparently the upcoming beer fest separate from the rugby, mm -hmm. uh the wallop beer this was like the mini wallop or the pre-wallop they had there. They yes. have like a, a fuller, a larger beer fest that veterans coming up and it That's is right. billed as unlimited pours. You what? get in and you just get <laughs> yourself a good time. Wow, that's gonna be wild. Yeah. That's gonna be electric. Fort Quincy defended all year. You're absolutely right. Got a lot of laughing emojis here. Very, very <laughs> funny stuff. Uh, also, that was Dan from Merrimack. Appreciate you watching in here, Dan, as always. Um, let's move over to the actual game itself. There was a game that was played at Fort Quincy, and boy, was it glorious. Huh? Huh? There we go. All right. Uh, so... Let me grab that article right here. I am pulling this directly from our friends over at America's Rugby News. Our good friend Brian Ray, who is our Toronto correspondent, does a fantastic job covering North um, and South American rugby over there. The New England Free Jacks have punched their ticket to their first ever championship final with a dominant 25-7 win over Old Glory DC on Saturday. A strong crowd at Veterans Memorial Stadium watched their home side claimed the Eastern Conference title in style with a shutout for over 70 minutes. And I really think that right there describes the game, you know, very, very well. The shutout part of this is something that the Free Jacks should be extremely proud about. They played a team that upset New York, who was, you know, gaining a bit of form. Obviously, they had some injury woes midseason, and they're not the same, they're not the same team that they were last year. But at the same time, they're the defending champions. D.C. upset them at home. They had belief. They knew that they were coming in here to play a team that they were not scared of. Even though they had lost to us twice prior to, they were coming in here with some belief, and that makes the teams dangerous. But guess what? The Free Jacks didn't care, man. Like They were like, okay, we'll shut you out for 70 minutes to shut you up. And that's just yeah. so, so awesome. Um, and 
there yeah, there are shutouts and there are shutouts too, right? Like there there are games where it's a shutout because you just beat the bag out of somebody and they can never even get into your half of the field. And that we'll we'll get into the details, but that's not what this was, right? DC yes. was threatening for long periods of time throughout the game, and the Free Jacks has kind of become their trademark. Just yeah. refused to let them in the last right. five, the last twenty, you know, however yep. much room they needed, they just. You know, they, they found it. They found a way to get those stops over yeah. and over and over. They, this team really takes pride in their defensive, um, you know, stamina and and, and uh, strength for sure. They don't want teams to score on them. You know, even regardless, you know, the game was pretty much over with at that point. But for them to continue to make that effort to keep them out of the tri zone was really, really special. The end goal area, excuse me. Um, it was it was a storming start for the home side. Uh, Philomone and Reese McDonald combined to win a turnover over a junior Sal break and the free jacks pushed into DC territory. The, the attack came up the middle and LaRue Milan burst free to slide under the post for the opening score. Again, every time LaRue Milan touches the ball guys, something great is going to happen. Something <laughs> magical is going to happen. And he keeps proving that over and over and over again. Uh, next thing it says here, DC were again stuck in their end, and from an attacking line out, Q Andrew Quatran went over for another five. Tito uh, Diaz Manella, a late addition to the lineup in place of Gradren Bowed, then kicked too long on the restart to concede a scrum. Jason Potras fired a 50 22 into the corner, and after sustained pressure, added three points from the tee to make it a three score game. So, right out of the gate, you know, the Free Jacks are, you know, storming right along, I guess is a great way to describe <laughs> it. I mean, they were really getting after it. And it, we I really wanted to see that from the Free Jacks because one thing that Old Glory really needed to do was have a quick start to shut uh, Fort Quincy up a little bit. They weren't going to kill the crowd, but they could quiet uh, quiet the crowd, which would have really been to their benefit. But they couldn't get that done, and the Free Jacks immediately pounced and, and said, you know, we understand that you probably want to do that, but we're going to flip that on its head, and good luck trying to catch up with us. Um, so that was very, very encouraging to see. When Old Glory finally got some possession, they pushed into New England's half, but time and time again they were repelled by a swarming defense. The Free Jacks held on and pushed back out towards halfway. Eventually a penalty was conceded in kicking range for Patras, who made no mistake to leave it. 18 nil to the home side at halftime. Now, you and I were definitely pumping up the tires of Old Glory DC in the previous uh, preview because we had just seen them upset a New York team. Yeah. And, and we, you know, again, they're a good team. This is a team that I think won three games last year. And for them to even be in this position is a huge, huge testament to how they've turned that thing around. So we were definitely praising them quite a bit. But for the free, because I think we both anticipated, I mean, obviously you, you you throw the dice, so whatever comes out, comes <laughs> out. But we were kind of expecting a closer game and then maybe the Free Jacks would distance themselves in like the last 65 minutes or so. But for them, the Free Jacks to take control and dominate that first half was so, so encouraging. What was your first half thoughts there, Dave? Yeah, you know, I, I joked uh, after that, you know, 13, 15 minutes in or whatever, when, when Patros gets his uh, uh, kicking the penalty over, yeah. um, 
this is this is what I was hoping for. Just keep scoring about you know a point a minute. That, that sounds good. I mean, that's like what we were doing up in Toronto, right? Yep. Um. So it, I got uh, maybe not cocky, but uh, if you believe in jinxes, I may have jinxed it a little bit because at that point. I was just laughing about like, okay, this is talk about taking the stress out of a situation, right? When you're just scoring, scoring, scoring that quickly, mm-hmm. um, you know, it really made the first half, and particularly the first twenty minutes, feel really comfortable. And yeah. then things started to shift a little bit, and and DC was able to get in and really fight for territory. They were successful, really successful, in getting territory and at least being able to threaten the free jacks yes but they just were not able to get it over um and in fact you know had their possession broken up not always for a long time but often long enough the free jacks would get an exit get a yep. few lineouts a few phases you know there were a couple errors in there mm-hmm. too wasn't perfect rugby from either team and so DC would get back, but sometimes that's all you need. You just need a breather, right? Yeah. Even if you end up back in your half, if you can break up that pressure a little bit, play some attacking rugby in between, that helps a lot. And I think that's one thing that helped keep the Free Jacks alive um, there uh, with all that DC pressure uh, and without giving up any points. Going into the half with you know a, a big goose egg for DC and three scores for the the free jacks lead was really you know a comfortable place to be mm-hmm. um but it sort of the it was one of those situations where the score line didn't quite match how i felt i think just because of how much territory dc were able to get yep um and we back the free jacks defense we know that they're really effective mm-hmm. and and they're in particular very good in that in the tight in that you know inside the 22 yep. inside the 5 uh, and they did it. I mean, they they proved their reputation. Um, but in the playoffs, and and when you can see that, like, our game plan is to get the ball and get out of there. We yep. don't want to be there. Even if we're comfortable being there, we don't want to mm-hmm. be there. Um, and DC was able to just keep play in that in that part of the field for for some decent chunks. So we had a good a good lead on the scoreboard. Um, you know, there's only 40 minutes left to go. So like, that's a, that's a good position to be in, but it certainly didn't feel over like DC was not done. Um, and we were going to have to come out and close it out in that second half. You know, what's interesting is like, for me, I'm always beating my chest at the beginning of the week, regardless of who the opponent is. I've always feel like the free jacks are going to win. Um, and then later on in the week, I, I start to feel less confident about that, but for the most part, you know, prior to this game, I was like, yeah, DC's done fantastic this year. Good for them. Hats off to them. But the Free Jacks are going to win. And I really didn't change that approach. I got a little concerned when I saw our team uh, roster, but not too much. It didn't stick with me uh, with that that fear of like, oh, we're going to lose, which does happen quite a bit uh, to me. But then, you know, like I saw that uh, uh, Tito was out for them, their fly half, or at least yep. he was – on the roster as not being available. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I feel really good about all of this. So from there, like, you know, going into halftime, having shut out our opponent at, at home, I was like, 
I was feeling very, very comfortable there. Um, you know, really, really excited to see that goose egg on, on DC's end there. So, yeah, let's get back over to the uh, article here from our good friend Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. It says, let's see here, both sides brought on fresh legs early in the second half, but neither could make a dent on the scoreboard. Two New England assaults were turned away with some committed goal line defense, and Old Glory held on to the hour mark with the score remaining identical. On the other side of the hydration break, the Free Jacks put the game out of sight. Kurt Baker knocked on, and Ben Lasage dropped a grubber that bounced in uh, to end goal. Excuse me. Filimone won the race to the ball, and then the try went up on the board with Patras making it 25-0 to the home side. There was a situation, I believe, prior to that where the Free Jacks uh, – had a try disallowed, it came all the way back. But when that took place there with Ben Lesage kicking that grubber over and Philomone uh, getting that ball, I turned around. You know, I, I love uh, Dan from Aramac. He's fantastic, but he's a nervous New England fan. <laughs> he really, really is. And, yeah. you know, I look back at him and I said, man, it's over. Like, there's nothing to be worried about at this point. This thing is done with. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at that point, I was over the moon. Uh, I, I didn't ha- cry, but uh, you know how your face, like, contorts as if you're going to cry? Right. I was experiencing feels tight. that. It feels I didn't tight. cry, but my face felt tight. No doubt. I was jumping up and down at that point saying it's over, and I, I wanted to cry, but it didn't quite come out. Right. You can cry. It's manly to cry. Yeah, I've no soared doubt. with the eagles, Listen. and I've slithered with the snakes. Damn right. And I've shed many tears with my brothers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, it says here we got, how was the atmosphere at Fort Quincy even with the weather? That's from our boy Dylan. As I was saying at the beginning of the broadcast, it was really, really good. Um, yeah. Really, really good. Uh, now, this year, at certain points, the crowd – uh, you know, chanting and stuff like that has been unorganized and a little bit lackluster, lackluster compared to uh, the last season. But this this particular game, and I think it was because it was a playoff game, like everybody absolutely brought it to a new level. It yeah. was loud, and it was great to see. Yeah, the weather was uh, – it looked bad on TV probably. Right. Um, But – uh, it was it was pretty comfortable. Other than the, I mean, the air quality was not great. So as I said, as you were saying earlier, like some hoarseness. I definitely yeah. noticed my voice was going faster than it normally would. Totally. Um, but uh, the actual like air temperature, you know, and just like yeah. the, the conditions, other than breathing, were pretty were pretty great. And visibility was good too, which was you know I was a little concerned about with just the amount of fog and haze. Mm-hmm. But once you're there, you're good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of the, uh, the Ranger marks here, no number for crowd size was given. I don't uh, think so. Now, we have Ranger Payne, who's our resident nerd, and I mean that in the nicest way, uh, <laughs> that's able to compile some uh, spreadsheets. Now, he could just be putting numbers in there randomly, and I wouldn't know the difference. But I'm pretty sure he told us it was over 4,000 about a day or so prior to the actual event. But, it, it you know, it certainly was not uh, the same numbers as the previous game against Houston. Uh, was it sold out? I'm pretty. That was from uh, Gary. Uh, yeah. Was it sold out? I think the Free Jacks were announcing a sellout on social media, but I think they're referring to the actual, just the sections, maybe not standing room only um, tickets sold. But I'm pretty yeah. sure that at some point they said that it was a sellout. But I think they're just considering that just the the seated sections um, being sold out. So. 
uh, let me see here. It certainly wasn't the same amount of people as you know the Houston game. I will tell yeah. you that may have been a technical sellout. I don't a know. A technical I didn't see that, sellout. But, um, yeah. Yeah, attendance dip, which which you would expect. I I saw a number, you know, in like the high three thousands. So, but mm-hmm. it would be that'd be like a thousand less or so than the the season or which makes sense to me when you consider it was Father's Day weekend, which is a yes. weekend for not traveling, right? right? Generally, like it's like staying home. You know, uh, you'd staying home. You if you know maybe doing a a, a dad centered event like I don't know, an old Crow Medicine show concert and a rugby game. Yeah, um, I think that really fed into the the great attendance for that. And then this, you know, it was an Eastern Conference final and a playoff, but it's also July 4th weekend. Yes, there's a lot of travel that occurs. I actually saw a lot of questions from like international MLR fans on social media kind of oh, wow. questioning that saying like, why would the attendance drop and, and having to be reminded that like, it's a yeah, big it's holiday in the US and, and like, it's people go places. Yeah, right. The school year has ended everywhere. Families are traveling. There's a lot of stuff that, mm-hmm. that feeds into it. But the, 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 so the crowd was a little bit smaller, but was it was a good crowd and, and energetic and, uh, you know, certainly celebratory, great atmosphere. Totally. Let's get back to the article. It's almost done here. Then I'll be able to answer some answer some more questions in the chat. Uh, Old Glory finally got on the board at the 72nd minute mark when a crossfield kick from Diaz Manila found threatened Palamo out wide. Diaz Manila landed the extras, but it was too little, too late. The final minutes ticked away with no further scoring. It's off to Chicago next Saturday for the Free Jacks. Uh, to face off against the Western Conference champion, the San Diego Legion. Despite the disappointment for Old Glory, they have much to celebrate after their first ever trip to the playoffs and now turn their eye to the 2024 campaign. I will say that they had quite a bit, I would say maybe 50 fans that showed up. You know, they, they, uh, the team bust in old glory specifically bust in some yep. uh, some fans and some other was you know either drove themselves or maybe took a train or flew in which it was great to see the opposing fans there that's really kind of the first time that we've had that type of number at Fort Quincy with opposing opposing fans which that, that, that's very very cool to see they didn't have a lot to cheer about obviously but it's it's nice to to have uh, other fans experience our tailgating atmosphere and also just the atmosphere at Fort Quincy which is uh, second to none in, uh, across the league yeah, I'm really glad the team put that bus together yes. for fans. I'm sure not everybody who's there was on the bus, but it, it must have mm-hmm. must have really helped. I heard also um, that they were, you know, help the team was helping out with even yep. like subsidizing accommodations and 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 things like that um, for for people. So good good on you to DC. Mm-hmm. Shout out to that organization to their fans for making sure that, like you said, yep. it was the first time we really had a big turnout from uh the other team in veterans memorial stadium and it was it was great to see you want to see more of that for sure totally we're getting a facebook user commenting i heard ogdc paid for family and loved ones tickets and travel class act by the club yeah that's pretty cool that they did that yep. um i will say that uh super fan akp alistair um, who does the uh, the glorious rugby podcast with our boy Fitzy from Rugby Morning, was there at the tailgate. I got a photo with him, talked to him a little bit. Nice guy. Uh, so glad for that fan base to, to, to have a successful winning team. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I don't think they're going to go away now. Obviously, they're going to have a coaching change at, uh, at the end of this season uh, because Josh Sims is going overseas to, uh, I believe, Italy. Italy, yeah. as we call it, where I'm from. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll see how we'll see how it goes. But I mean, that's that's something that they can build upon for sure. 
Um, no longer are they the bottom feeders of the league. So that's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, um, certainly well, not. I, I think their yeah. fans can feel really good about the season totally. that they had. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. They were playing with house money in that game, right? They won a playoff game for the first time ever. First time they made the playoffs. So it's just, you know, kind of icing on the cake. Uh, will either of you be making the journey to Chicago? That is from Dylan. Both of us will be there. And there's some exciting developments that are going to be happening prior to the game. So make sure you're uh, you're watching out for that. Yeah. Ahead, and we should plot. We should say we'll be. Uh, are you in Section 130, Phil? I am. I've switched over my tickets. Mm. I sure did. Uh, so there's so. an announcement. Uh, I think we're going to get more into that in the next little segment here. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That so. But we're, we're trying to get all of the Rangers put into one area. It's a bit of a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's moving, you know, we're journeying through the desert here, but it, you know, hopefully it'll all work out uh, in the end. But uh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, I want all of us to be together. I think that'd be fantastic if, you know, uh, because... I love all you guys. You guys are great. And, and us together, nobody can stop us in the crowd. Yeah. So, um, so yep. yeah, I just want to say, just in case anybody hears this part and not later, yes. we'll talk more about that later. There is a discount code East mm-hmm. champs. You can use that to get tickets in section 130, which will be the fan section. Yes. And we'll get into more details when we do the preview. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and check our Facebook post or any type of, uh, you know, Twitter or Instagram, um, if you're not able to watch the next segment to get more instructions that way, um, there are announcements that are taking place. Okay. So, um, musket size pants tip for me, Kyle Bailey, 32 years old, six foot five, 247 pounds, 28 Canadian caps. He played for London Scottish and was on trial with Saracens back in uh, 2017. He was the um, New Orleans gold captain for a while, played three years down there before spending last season with Toronto and got picked up by Old Glory DC during the season and quickly became their co-captain. We've talked about him quite a bit. He's a warrior. Would love to have seen him in red, white, and blue. I didn't have a huge impact in the game, but you can tell he's an on-field leader for them, kind of controls their line-out mall, as you would expect a a second row to do. But, uh, yeah, what a a guy, for sure. Yep. Uh, MVP, and I'll let you go first. All right. Uh, There are a lot of people uh, who had pretty good performances. Mitch Jacobson got the deserved nod on the broadcast. He led in carries and tackles, doing his best Vian Conradi impersonation. Um, had too many ruck arrivals to count. He's always hitting the rucks. Um, Joe Johnston was all over the pitch, like always. His motor just always running. Jason Potros managed a really tough tactical game. You know, JP did, and he kind of split about split the kicking. Um, JP's kicking was great as always. Um, our props were able to generate several scrum penalties. There were a couple scrum penalties to our to us in the first half with the starting front row. There were a couple of scrum penalties in the second half with our second front row. Um, and there was just a lot of really good performance. But for me, it's Connor keys ah my boy the big man played a full match opposite your musket size pants tent kyle bailey Mm -hmm. he put in 10 tackles some of them real good thumpers and he was the driving force literally behind the plethora of scrum penalties that really took away a lot of the thunder from dc and kept them with that zero on the board for so long 
That's a great selection right there. I will say just really quickly before I get into mine, uh, Caitlin has been referring to me as Tall Q lately, but also she's been calling me Old Keezer lately. And I told that to Q and he's like, you know what? You kind of do look like Keezer. So at the <laughs> award ceremony, when I was announced as winning the, uh, the Community Impact Award, obviously, you know, like uh, Q was clapping for him, but he kept saying, Keezer. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, which is awesome, uh, but I will go ahead and give my MVP away. It is Andrew Quatran. Q. He didn't play the whole game, but he scored himself a try, a try on Canada today. He's been unreal for us all season long. I knew when we got this guy, he was a gamer and continues to prove it week in and week out. He's a force to be reckoned with when he's out there on the pitch. Uh, that was the case when uh, against DC when it mattered most. You know, controlling. Uh, you know. Uh, just a great overall powerful hooker. And, you know, he does really, really well with those lineout throws, which kind of goes under the radar um, when he's in the game because it's so consistently good. So Q is my MVP of the game. Let's talk about the award ceremony and stuff that happened afterwards because, you know, we're kind of underplaying it a little bit here, but our New England Free Jacks are Eastern Conference champions for the first time in franchise history. A lot of us thought it would be the case last year. It just wasn't to be, but we've got over that hump. That monkey is off our back. Yep. And it, damn, it feels so good. It feels good to be good, and the New England Free Jacks are damn good. Um Let's talk about you getting called up onto the stage there with the huzzah sign. How cool was that? Yeah, it was great. They did a little presentation over there. Mag spoke about how great the fan base is. Wheelsy kind of ran things. Mm -hmm. um, they had Eric Anderson up, who yep. admitted to some light corporate crime, as he is of one to do. <laughs> um, uh, it was it was a lot of fun. And then at the as they're rapping, Wheelsy, you know, he's always going to deliver. We were out there watching. You were right up close. You know, you you were front row seats, mm -hmm. uh, and everybody was just kind of scattered around. And it actually took me a second to realize it was going on. Um, <laughs> right. I missed the first minute or two of it because I just, you know, I have the we had the family. We're kind of wandering yeah. on the field, getting there. And then at one point, I'm like, oh shit, they're doing the speeches and everything like right over there. So we we booked it over and made it. And then uh, Wheelsy called me on up there. We did a uh, three huzzas for the boys. Yeah. Uh, with Mags and and Thomas Grant there on stage flanking me, and then we gave the Let's Ride to close the award Hell ceremony. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate you know the little bit of recognition, and it's it's really enjoyable to create a fun fan engagement mm -hmm. thing that we do with the huzzas there. So yeah, love it, love it. Uh, we're reti you're retiring that bad boy at the end of the season, I believe. So that, yep, that... that's that's right. It is a it will be a gift to the team after the season has come to a close. I was joking with TK today about uh, giving it to him after the Chicago game, just, just so that he has an annoying giant oh, piece of no. styrofoam to uh, protect all the way yep. back to Boston. Um, but no, we'll, uh, we'll get it there to him, and they've awesome. got some hardware to put it up next to in that trophy cabinet. Perfect. Yeah, that's where it belongs. It'll eventually be, uh, if this thing is successful, it'll uh, as we hope it will be, it'll be in the Hall of Fame one day, hopefully, with all the signatures on there. The first ever huzzah sign. And, and when we say it's being retired, you're creating a new one uh, to, you know, more. Yeah, yeah. The, the huzzah. Forward. Yeah, the activity of huzzahs is not being retired. Right. 
uh, just that sign. If you've seen it up close, you've seen it. It is, you know, it's pretty beat up. It's just a piece yeah. of, uh, of, you know, poster board mm -hmm. um, or uh, what do they call it? Foam board, right? That yeah. has like a, a little bit of styrofoam in between two pieces of paper, essentially. Um, so it's it's quite wrinkled and rankled and it's been rained on and stepped on and crunched and folded enough times that it's ready to it's ready to be retired. So next year we'll debut something else. I've got a couple ideas. Uh, I'm not going to worry about it right now, though. It's an off-season sure, sure. project. So, of course, yep. Um, but we'll 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 trickle out some some leaks later on in Very the postseason. Keep things Hell fun. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. When I had it in my possession for that one week, I, I felt like I was I was like, uh, what is it, Frodo? Uh, where you're yeah, like yeah. You're, you're carrying the ring, like Jesus, this thing. Like I don't want to like accidentally light this thing on fire or something like that, you know. So I got to be careful. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, you know, that, that that little thing that took place there with, um, you know, Mitch being uh, named the MVP, we got video of that. JP getting his 50th cap got, uh, you know, video of that. Josh Larson uh, giving some captain's comments and then uh, yep. the owners talking and then you're up there. So all of that has been compiled into a video that we have released on YouTube that's available out there, guys, if you want to check it out. Uh, I believe it's called Eastern Conference Postgame Compilation. So just all the good stuff Great. that took place over on that stage. And finally, I just wanted to mention and, one thing. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, if you only watch one thing from it, watch John Poland's 50th, 50th cap. I mean, that's, that's quite an accomplishment. He's the first free jack to do it. Um, all 50 are as a free jack. He's yep. really been a, he's really been a battler. Um, you know, so, so a lot of respect to him and congratulations mm -hmm. on being the uh, 50 cap free jack. Yeah, the first one to do it, uh, you know, in the red, white, and blue, all of them in the red, white, and blue. So that's very, very special. What a great player he is. Um, I, I just wanted to mention before we get out of here, you know, when the trophy was presented, almost immediately after it was held up by the boys for all the photos, it it, it, it got passed around to fans and, and specifically kids. Yeah, right? two, two little kids just running all over creation with it. And if you look online, there's photos of countless kids and their families holding up the trophy. You know, I, specifically, I know of uh, Jen, who does the um, the uh, Girls Rugby Massachusetts social media page yep. for Myro. Her, her whole family was holding it up. And what a like that is just a, a fine example of how good this Free Jacks organization is and how much they get it. Like yeah. normally, there's no way that the Patriots are just going to let people, you know, just hand off the the – Vince yeah. Lombardi trophy to fans right. to pass. Oh, you want to hold it? Here you go. Go ahead. Run off with it. Right. Show, yeah, go get, go show your family. That's fine. Yeah, that would never happen. And that's just, like I said, it, this organization is so community focused. They didn't just win that trophy. We all won it um, as Free Jacks fans and people that support this team and, and move this thing along, you know, move the needle a little bit. So for them to recognize that, and they weren't like, I don't know, should we do this? They were immediately like, yeah, take the trophy take some photos with it. That's just a testament of like why we all support this team. Obviously there are team, there is new England, right. But, and it's easy to get on board because they're the closest one to us, but the extra stuff that they do makes us love it even more, makes us want to go to uh, Chicago and see them win the shield. All of that sort of stuff is being built up. Um, so it's just very, very encouraging to see. And, and it feels so good to say that they're Eastern conference champions. So, yeah. There you go. Absolutely. All right, Dave. Uh, unless you got anything else, we're going to exit this segment and go directly into the San Diego preview. In Sounds three, great. two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah.
Woo!